Hi, and welcome to No BS Women's Health, the podcast giving a big voice to the things women worry about. I'm Chloe Bunter, Pilates teacher, trainer, and creator of the Pilates Instructor Hub. My mission is to help you feel empowered in your body to move fearlessly. And I'm Kate Spina, nutritionist, award-winning chef, eating disorder survivor, helping you feel more confident about what you eat. Together, we're delivering the truth bombs you need to feel more empowered about your health, physical, emotional, and mental. If you find this episode helpful, we'd love you to leave us a review, subscribe, and please share this with other women in your life. Hello, Chloe. Hello, everyone. Hi, Kate. Hi, everyone. How are we going? I guess it's just like, how are you going? I'm like, how are we, everyone? Like I'm standing in front of you all. (laughs) That's that's how I feel. I'm like, how are we all? How are we all? Are we all good? Yeah. So if you're listening, you can think about how you're feeling today. We hope you're feeling, we hope you're feeling awesome. We hope you're getting to, I don't know, maybe going on a nice walk while you're listening to the podcast. I must admit, I often listen to podcasts while I'm doing the housework and it makes me enjoy the housework. Otherwise, I can't. Otherwise, housework and me, it's like really tedious. But if I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really cool, I've got a podcast to listen to, I not only do what I was meant to do, I keep going. So maybe we're helping Uh, you. Maybe we're helping you get through some some main mundane chore that you've been putting off as well, and we can help brighten it up for you. Yeah, that's a nice incentive. Yeah, I'm I'm a podcaster when I walk. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. I love, yeah. Pod- oh my gosh. During lockdown, I've never listened to so many podcasts in my <laughs> life. Like I would just go out and walk and walk and walk, you know, however many hours we were allowed out. I know it was like two yeah. and I would just walk for the full two hours listening to podcasts. But um, yeah. hi. So hi everyone. Hi, Kate. And Kate, you and I got to see each other in real life this week. It was so exciting. That was so much fun. Yeah, it was really cool. I got to meet your lovely partner, Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. Oh, goodness. He's going to have to listen to this now. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Andrew. (laughs) And, um, yeah, that was so lovely. It was so great to see you. And we got Mm -hmm. to talk a little bit more about today's topic, which we're going to be talking about on burnout. Yes. So much to talk about here, especially in terms of women's health. And and we have really strong opinions about this, Chloe. We've we got worked up a little bit when we were discussing this previously. Yeah, do do you and I have strong opinions about lots of things, Kate? I think so. <laughs> I think so. And actually that reminds me, um, a trigger warning, there's probably going to be swearing today, just so you know. There may not be. Ah, uh, do you swearing. okay. I think I think you know me well enough and I feel like a lot of the audience now probably know me well enough to know the f- swearing, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, I don't know that's unfortunate. Swearing seems to be part of my vocab, so there will probably be swearing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, already, I'm already getting a little bit worked up, so, yeah. We're, we're swear bears. If, yeah. that's, um, if that's not your bag, then you might need to off now but otherwise if you're fine with it let's go yeah please please stay with us for this because this is going to be really helpful and um before we kind of get into more of the definition of um burnout and then looking at some things that can 
impact um, you're experiencing burnout, you know, what what it feels like to be burnout, what are some of the, the, the things that happen when you burn out and then ways that you can go about supporting yourself during that. Um, I thought about, you know, why is this topic important to me? Because I think when we when we deliver these episodes and we think about, well, what topic to deliver, we are delivering things that we are personally passionate about and also that we see impacting those around us, whether they be our clients, whether they be your patients, whether they be, you know. Um, And for me, personally, my own journey, I have experienced true burnout a couple of times um, and it is the pits. And I have experienced it twice, actually, during my career as a Pilates instructor. Um, Actually, three times. Three times. Yeah, three Mm -hmm. times. So I'm a little susceptible to burnout. And uh, having gone through it three times now, I am (laughs) hoping to not go through it again each time I kind of learn a bit more. Um, So I'm very passionate about it. And I've seen it play out a lot in um, the Pilates. I'm... I could say more broadly the the fitness stratosphere, but definitely within my Pilates circle, um, it is quite common for instructors to experience burnout, uh, mm. and it's interesting. And I think it's something that the industry itself needs to understand more, and needs to understand ways of supporting their instructors more when they are going through it. And um, I think there needs to be more general awareness of it across the board. I mean, when I was looking at some stats uh, when researching for this topic, Kate, I came yeah. across um, this this one study that basically said um, up to half, just under half uh, of and, – and all the studies that we speak to will be linked to in the show notes – But this particular study said that, um, and this was the reducing workplace burnout, relative benefits of exercise, yada, yada, 2015. I'm yada, yadaing it because I'll come back to it later. Don't worry. I'm not just yada, yadaing off research. But (laughs) everyone's like, whoa, yada, yada. Um, What did she yada, yada out? Uh, very, very, very awesome episode of Seinfeld, by the way, that one. But anyway, I, I, I digress. They wrote the global burn the global burden of burnout cost is in excess of three hundred billion. This was back in two thousand and fifteen. Wow! So this is seven years ago. Not sure where it's at at the moment. Perhaps it's increased. But global burn burden of burnout, bit of a tongue twister that one, in excess of three hundred billion annually, locally, mm. aka in Australia. Just under half of working Australians experience high levels of occupational burnout. Mm. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Like that's that's huge. And so, yes, it absolutely creates a financial stress on organisations, etc. It also causes a lot of horrible suffering for individuals. So this is really something that Mm. needs a closer look at. So, I mean, that's where I'm coming in with my passion on this. Why are you so passionate about burnout, Kate? Oh, well, I mean, look, I'm a health practitioner. So, you know, burnout's a a 
pretty high occurrence in in health practitioners in general but for me it's the it's the mother load it's it's especially in the last two years um mums who are expected to um work you know like they don't have children and parents mm don't have a job and then often take more of the mental load and last year like for me I was totally burnt out in lockdown last year mm. um you know trying to juggle work and homeschooling and the stress of COVID and just all the things and and I think that's really common and I read this really profound definition of burnt out which is not the scientific one but it said that burnout is how you feel when the demands of life outstrip your ability to cope with them and I've I felt this you know in in the past couple of years I know a lot of my clients have felt this and the reason I get so upset about it is because with women and especially the women I see who are usually mums as well we're told that there's not much you can do like your experience mm. you in a corporate world, that sense of, well, we can't really test for it, you know, get some sleep. Mm. Um, take take a bit of time off or um, yeah, take a bit we'll of time reduce off. your work hours and that's the end of it. That's the end of the support. Um, yeah. yeah and, doesn't doesn't really <laughs> marry up <laughs> to oh. me. No. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, and it's not just as simple as that. It's not just stressed mm. well, so actually that's probably a good idea how do you know if you're going through a period of high stress or you're actually burnt out yeah I think that's really interesting isn't it because we I mean life often throws at us stresses and there will be times where you're stressed or you're working to a deadline or you're this or that right and then you're feeling stressed and you're tired and maybe you're not sleeping well it's like oh, am I burnt out Mm. Or is burnout more of a um, you're stressed for a long period of time, you're overwhelmed for a long period of time? So we've actually got – I read this really interesting study um, and this is a multidimensional – it's called Multidimensional Perfectionism and Burnout, a meta-analysis by Hill et al. 2015. Um, And they have a really great way of – talking through well what actually is burnout what's the definition of burnout so I think it might be helpful for our listeners I was always mm-hmm. gonna say our readers our dear <laughs> our dear listeners um if I actually read through this because it really helped for me to actually see it like this and and see it from this is from a um psychological uh definition so mm. um contemporary understanding of burnout owes much to the work of Maslash and Jackson. Um, Maslash and Jackson described burnout as having three core symptoms. The first core symptom is the depletion of emotional resources. So that's emotional <laughs> exhaustion. Yeah. Right? And if you've experienced, it's shit house, isn't it? Yeah. It's really horrible. Okay. So not- yeah. The first core symptom is the depletion of emotional resources. You are emotionally exhausted. This symptom has been described as general feelings of being overextended by demands being placed on the individual. So it's interesting when we look at burnout too, just segueing there with that, that it's more commonly seen in the workplace. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's interesting, huh? Okay, so this symptom did it. The second core symptom, so the first one we know is emotional depletion, emotional resources. The second core symptom is the development of an impersonal or cynical attitude. Yeah. Depersonalization or cynicism. Yeah. Feeling disconnected, unengaged, mm. um, em- like emotionally blunted. Mm. I see this really commonly. Mm. It says this symptom is an interper- um, interpersonal dimension of burnout that captures indifference or detachment from others. Yeah. That's exactly what you said, didn't you? Detached. Yeah, detached. And, and, when you're when you're suffering with like chronic stress, so this is like when you're feeling these sort of symptoms, it's after months of high stress. Mm. Probably already feel like you probably already feel unsupported, and then mm. you've got this connection. So then you're feeling even more alone mm. and more unsupported. Like burnout is such a it's vicious. horrible. It's horrible. Um, and then the final symptom is a devaluation of personal competence, accomplishment. Or efficacy so personal yeah. accomplishment or professional efficacy so basically you you don't think you can do it you don't think you're good enough you don't think your work's good enough you that, that's pretty much what that means right yeah and also I see this in um, that commonly tasks that you used to be able to do quite easily become really difficult so you're not in that flow, um, you know, and this is most noticed at work, things like jobs and, and, and tasks that you used to be able to sail through are now suddenly really hard. And, of course, then you feel like you're just no good at them anymore. So, mm. yeah, I see I see all of this as well. Um, what other symptoms do I see from a, a clinical mm. point? Of, like that exhaustion, emotional and physical, trouble sleeping, changes in appetite, mm that lack of motivation, that self-doubt, like what am I doing? Feelings of failure, feeling isolated, um, reduced productivity. Mm. And the big one for me, and this for me is how I really, you know, when someone says this in a consult, I'm like, oh, is when they talk about their their short fuse suddenly going away to nothing. You know, people go, oh, my God, I'm suddenly really angry with my kids. Right, okay, yeah. Or like, and um, and sound sensitivity, not being able to cope with more than one or two layers of sound. Mm. Um, and like, so that, that, they're the two big ones for me. The minute someone goes, oh, my God, like, I'm just, you know, and often it's relation to their relationships with other people. Oh, I'm just really angry with my partner all the time now. Mm. Or like, I just... I'm always like I've got such a short fuse with my kids and I'm not normally like that. Mm. And then, of course, they blame themselves. Mm. But it's like burnout. Mm. Yeah, I was – I remember feeling really like just like constantly on edge, you know. Yeah. Just, just couldn't just relax. Like everything was amplified. Everything had <laughs> extra meaning behind it. Everything <laughs> was so much tougher but like, yeah, just – I don't, yeah, just that on it, maybe almost like a continual PMSy kind of feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but with yeah, but with things on, with all the things, it's it's shitty. Like I, yeah. you know, I've had really vulnerable moments with it before when I've just been felt so just so worked into the ground and 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 that sense of helplessness. And I just yeah. remember one day, 
I was walking through the street. I was just exhausted, and I just I just picked up the phone to my dad. He's like, "Hey, darling," and I just started crying. And he's like, "Oh, what's wrong?" And I'm like, you know, I was just I was inconsolable. Poor dad's probably hearing, <laughs> you know, one of those when you really just you, you, you just you you just can't get it out while you're so upset. And he was like, oh, sweetheart, let's get you straight into, like, go and see a doctor, you know, book that appointment right now. And, yeah, um, yeah and that was the – it was exactly the right thing to do and go and get go and get support. And we're going to talk about some of those things throughout this, this episode um, because, again, it's tough, isn't it? It's like when you've got stuff going on like that and you are feeling so burnt out, um, you might – it's hard to then you yourself go pull yourself out of it without some support. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's the, the real difference between feeling stressed and yeah. just burnt out is that with periods of stress, you can go, right, I'm stressed. This is a stressful period, but I think I can get through it. Yeah. And there's a sense of urgency there and you might feel um, a bit run down and a bit tired, but there's this feeling that you can get through this period. Yeah. With burnout, it feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And then if you're also disconnecting as well, it can make it even harder to seek help and ask for help as well. Um, yeah. um, and and part, part of that is because, like, we get – there's this sense that when we're just when we're stressed, you know, it's just something that happens in our head. Oh, we're stressed. Mm. But by the time you're burnt out, by the time you're experienced chronic stress. So we're talking about stuff that's relentless. Mm. You know, it's on on for probably months. Mm. That starts to affect your body systems. So we know it affects um, you know, increases the chance of you being insulin resistant. We know that it affects your thyroid function. We know it affects your immunity. We know it can influence your cortisol patterns. We know it has a massive impact on your gut, like the bacteria in there and the structure of your gastrointestinal system. Um, And importantly, we know that it affects your brain structure and actually um, thins a part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex and how it connects with other parts of your brain, which is a big reason why you have that short fuse. Mm. So, so meaning you're going, going into like when when we say short fuse, meaning you're going into like almost that sort of flight. You're you're living in that flight and fight mode. Yeah, that you yeah you are living in that fight and flight um, mode to an extent, but that connectivity where that you can regulate your emotional response to things. Right. You know. So that you know, that. And the obvious um, result of that is that increase in anger. Mm. That for me is such a telltale sign of burnout in that the, the dominant emotion just seems to be like, well, the two dominant emotions seem to be apathy and anger. Mm. And, and but my, my, what I really want everyone to understand is that it's not your fault. There are actually things going on physically, biologically, that make those feelings more likely and make it harder to do anything about them. Mm. You can. We'll talk about that. Mm. Yeah, it was it was really interesting too when I was reading through this research and 
I also looked at this uh, systematic review and meta-analysis, um, which was on the efficacy of exercise therapy in persons with burnout. Yeah. Um, Ocean Tail at our 2018. Again, we'll link into it. Um, but it was interesting how they, at the start of the study, had a, a good talk about burnout as well. And they spoke about how it's interesting in the workplace, there's actually less stigma around the term burnout than there is around depression. Oh, yeah. And, and Yeah, and I found this really – and they're like, it's interesting that, that this is the thing because really both of these things are affecting us psychologically, right? And um, But there's this thing with, with employees who experience burnout that often they are – there's less stigma because they're seen to be high achievers. They're burnt out because they're such hard workers. So, so it's, it's almost like it's a good thing to be burnt out because that means you're like, yeah, working so hard. You're productive and, and in a world which often defines our worth by how productive we are. Yeah. And, and I was just like, wow, I am so glad that they have, you know, spoken about this and brought this into the open because um, that has also been my experience of burnout and it's yeah. been, well, there's been less of the psychological support that I might have got if I had said I'd been depressed. Yeah. Right? It has been more, okay, well, we'll just drop some hours off for you and this and that, but then crack on, crack on, go, go, yeah. go do it. Right? We've dropped some hours, you'll be fine. You can do that. Mm. You can do that load. Where I'm saying blatantly, I cannot do this load, and yeah. and a lot of these, when I was looking through the studies, were basically saying the demands that the workplace are putting on individuals, the capacity that they're asking them to do, and they're not giving them the support in that, and they're not giving them the support as well when the employee says, "Hey, this is too much for me. This is genuinely too much." Yeah. Like this is a real problem. I think this is such a, a problem um, that needs to really be being addressed from the head. Yeah. D does that, does that, from the, uh, by that I mean from, it's maybe not the best way to explain it in my head. I've got, yeah. I, but I mean, <laughs> I mean more from the top, like from, from an organizational point of view, mm. the concept of burnout needs to be something that um, is, is built into um, how an organisation works and runs. Like what can they do to understand burnout and what things can they have already in place in their workplace that will help mitigate that? And I'm not going to say you're going to be able to do that with everyone, but are there things in place where they can have a better understanding of it so that if an a, a employee comes to them and says it, they actually know how to help. Does that is that resonating? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do I do a bit of corporate nutrition and I see that happening in the in the larger companies. Um, where, you know, some of the larger companies will have like workplace wellbeing programs that are quite effective at buffering against things like burnout. Right. Harder on smaller businesses. And then thinking about how that sort of thing plays out in the home, like for me, taking it back to sort of the mother um, experience, 
of that. I see women who are like going to work, giving it all, trying to think about getting that pay rise or that promotion mm. and then coming home and making all their food from scratch, mm. you know, like, um, like putting so much pressure on themselves across, across every part of their day. Mm. And yeah, I wish there was, there was less emphasis on, you know, what are you producing? Mm. You know, how productive are you at work? How productive mm, are you? Mm. How clean is your house? Mm. You know, how unprocessed is your food? Like, mm. And are you still socialising and are you making sure you're buying the birthday presents for this person and you're getting to <laughs> that person's engagement party or that kid's party or this or... Yeah, like it's, it's a lot, yeah. right? It's a lot. It's, it's been so interesting um, for me with lockdowns and having, you know, two years of lockdowns and actually taking a step back from a lot of things yes. and then actually not wanting to step back into them um, yeah. afterwards and also maybe getting better with communicating my needs and my boundaries and, yeah, yeah so that, that's just on a side note. It's interesting. I'd love to talk about food in a moment. Before we do, just I just want to loop back um, to an interesting point because before I said, you know, it'd be great, here's me in this utopian world where you go to work and work's just got the perfect amount of pressure that they give you. They don't give you too much. They just give you that right amount to keep you, you know, stimulated and doing all the things and they're like, you know, it's all of this. And we know that that's not how life works and in a perfect world. And also... We can't have this magic uh, formula that actually will prevent burnout as well because what's yeah. interesting, we can have definitely have way better support structures in place and I think the fitness industry really needs to genuinely wake the fuck up on that, like genuinely. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've got no problems in saying that. Um, but I think also what was really interesting in that study that I spoke about before, um, which was the multidimensional perfectionism and burnout study, what they were actually looking in that is they were looking at the correlation between someone who is a perfectionist and yeah. their predisposition to burnout. Yeah. Which I think is really fascinating and it's funny since reading this and speaking to a couple of friends who have experienced burnout or are experiencing burnout, I've said, what do you think about this? And they go, yeah, I'm a perfectionist, absolutely. Get it, yep. Makes total, <laughs> yeah. total sense. And why it's important, and I, I'll just, I'm going to have a quick read through it just to give a little bit more context to you all, but why it's important that we are aware of these things is because the more aware we can be of our self as well, the more then we can look at ways to help support that as well so if perfectionism is something that impacts your life or impacts your productivity or ultimately impacts things like um burnout etc well there's great there's great uh there's cognitive behavioral therapy um mindfulness therapy and so on that have been shown to be effective to help in supporting that yeah and support yeah so um mm, 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 here we go so be a combined approach doesn't it combined approach so the so it's really important when we think about human beings that we are always multifactorial we are multi-dimensional di we are biopsychosocial always yeah? yeah and 
all the literature, and I'm sure it's the same for you, Kate, that I've read on burnout, continually loops back to this is multidimensional. Yeah. Burnout yes. syndrome is multidimensional. It's multifactorial. So it's not just the one thing. It's not just the changing what you're eating. It's not just the changing what you're doing. It's not just the it's, – it's all of these things that can come together to help support us to feel yeah. better, right? But I just want to quickly touch on this before we chat about ways we can help with food because I think this is very interesting and something that the, some of our listeners might resonate with and you can look at you can go into the show notes and look through the study um, if you want to but basically there's a current the current understanding of perfectionism uh, again is a multi-dimensional trait or disposition um, includes a range of dimensions that collectively capture two higher order dimensions perfectionist strivings and perfectionist concerns. So strivings are aspects of perfectionists associated with self-oriented, striving for perfection, uh, setting yeah. very high personal performance standards, right? Yeah. Whereas concerns are aspects associated with concerns over making mistakes, fear of negative social evaluation, feelings of discrepancy between one's expectations and performance, negative reactions to imperfection. And here's the clincher. What this meta-analysis found was it wasn't actually the perfectionist strivings that had the strong correlation with burnout. In fact, there was minimal correlation. It was actually the concerns, the perfectionist concerns that actually had a strong correlation oh. With burnout. Oh my oh my god, Chloe, listening to you describe that and in my head, it just made me think of every woman I've ever met who feels like an imposter. That yeah. classic syndrome of, oh, am I good enough to do this? Will I make a mistake? Can yeah. I do this job? What will people think of me? Am I in the right spot? Yeah. Oh my god, my mind's blown. Yeah. And perfectionism, I mean perfectionism can really feel like you're trapped in as well. Like it's just yeah. this and they're ruminating and all of these things. And again, um, when looking for help from that, and this is this is not to say, and by the way, this is not to say if you're a perfectionist, you will get burnt out. Okay. It's just to say that when they look at overall things that can impact someone's yeah. you know someone becoming burnt out this is one of the things that can impact them okay but we also know that things like cognitive behavioral therapy can be really effective um, for perfectionism so for working through that and mm. interestingly has been shown to be effective for burnout as well so yeah. funny that huh so looping back into if you just you feel you're sitting there today and you're just feeling you're feeling stuck and you just it, go and get help. Walk into your doctor and say, hey, this is going on for me. What can we do? Mm. Yeah? Yeah. And I if this that... has brought up anything for you as well, we will link to, um, we'll link to some resources in the show notes as well. Yeah, places yeah. where you can reach out and get yeah. some more help if you feel like this is you. Yeah. So from, so from a... From a um, food perspective, what are, what can we do to help support us when we're feeling depleted? Yeah, so 
there's quite a lot of research on which nutrients can help you recover from burnout. Um, I'm going to focus on two main ones today, but before I do, like when you're burnt out, this is probably going to take more than just food. Yeah. Like where you probably need targeted supplementation right. that's tailored for you. Um, in amongst that, you know, the research on omega-3 fatty acids and burnout is is pretty strong. Mm. Um, we know that magnesium can help. B vitamins is particularly good for stress. Um, zinc, iron, they're all um, fantastic. Vitamin C as well. So there's lots of ways that you can supplement in the short term while you put other um, structures in your life to not only recover from burnout, but then buffer yourself against it. Mm. Um, but the two main ones I want to focus on today because I think they're easy. One of them is super easy and the other one I get really cranky about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Do you know someone, re- the photo of you and I from having lunch the other day um, and someone replied to the story and said, actually it was Tess, shout out Tess. Tess replied to the story and said, oh, no murdery Kate today then. <laughs> No, I made I made sure I'd had something to eat before we met up, Chloe. So. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. and, and we were in a public place. We're in a public place. We were in a, um, awesome, awesome Melbourne cafe. Yeah, no, I was okay. You're okay. Yeah, I thought that was cute. Okay, so so tell tell, tell me about these two these two main supplements <laughs> or main food sources. So the first one is vitamin C. People, oh, oh my God. Um, Vitamin C is essential um, when you are feeling stressed, absolutely essential when you're burnt out. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because it is so cheap and easy Mm. to buy and add to your day. If you're burnt out, now is not the time for me to give you a granola recipe with 20 million ingredients that you're going to make from (laughs) No. We're keeping it really simple and achievable. So what are vitamin C rich fruits or right fruits are the richest source. Let's go with that. So citrus, so oranges, mandarins, kiwi fruit, strawberries, like pick one of those, which one of those do you like? Buy it, add it to breakfast, you know, or have it as a morning snack, but get one of those in at the start of your day and it will help you feel better. Um, it helps regulate your cortisol hormone, which is your stress hormone. So, And it's also an antioxidant, and we know that your oxidative stress during burnout is higher. So this is, this is cheap and easy, okay, essential. Do that. Oranges, kiwi fruit, um, strawberries, write one of those down. The next nutrient, which is essential to burnout, comes under those nutrients which can also get depleted by stress. So when I think of those, I'm thinking magnesium, zinc, and iron. Oh, so this, did you say yeah, iron so purposely with that? Yeah. Iron. With <laughs> iron. We're talking about iron today because while you can't test for burnout, you can't go and get like the burnout blood test. Yeah. You can't. Wouldn't test. that be helpful? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be validating? Like often when we can put a label to something, it's like, oh, that's what I have. Great. Now I can actually move forward. Yeah. 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 It's so true. You can't get that burnout blood test yet, but you can test other body systems that we know get affected 
by chronic stress. So you can test your insulin, your thyroid function, um, your zinc levels, um, B12 is often low in high stress, and you can test for iron. And this is the clean chart because I've lost count of the number of times I've seen clients and go, yeah, oh my God, I'm so stressed, I'm exhausted. Um, my GP says my blood tests are fine. And you get their iron studies back and three out of the five results are in the red. Mm. Or, you know, the cutoff point is 15 and they're 16. Mm. You know, like they're so depleted, mm. but they're just within the reference range. Mm. And probably so just end- takes a couple more heavy periods and they go under it yeah. anyway. That used to yeah. that used oh. to happen to me all the time oh. until finally a doctor said, we've got to get you right, we've got to get you off. That's it. And if you are high, if you are um, under high stress and your gut is affected, chances are it's messing with your normal estrogen regulation, Mm. which means you could be having heavier periods anyway, on top of your iron being depleted by stress. So my second takeaway from a nutrition point of view is get your iron tested, especially if you don't eat a lot of red meat, especially if you have heavy periods, even if you don't, if you are feeling fatigued, if you're feeling run down, if you've just had a few months and you are spent, get your iron tested and get it interpreted well, mm. okay? And so that's that's my second, vitamin C, mm. get your iron tested. And then if you do need supplementation, don't. Just, just say no to anything with ferrous sulfate in it. So I think off the top of my head, that's like ferrograd, ferrograd C. Oh, my God. Um, and that's the one they all give you. It's like, here's your little, yeah. here's your little jar. Go get constipated. Yay, have Hello, fun with that. Oh, one tablet and you can't poop for a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Hello, like literally my- all, all, that, all that jar is is constipation in a bottle. That's what that yeah, is. is. <laughs> How's that for some marketing for them? Constipation bottle. But then what happens is that you don't take your iron. No, and I – do you know, Kate, do you know how many times I've cycled through this throughout my life? Because I've <laughs> always had the lower side, like I've always been a bit lower with my iron. And yeah. then, and every time – so I just – I've given up on SUPS and I go the infusion now. But I think you have – which, you know, sounds very privileged. I don't think that, you know, that's there for everyone. So you do have a supplement, though, that's better, oh. right? Most of the practitioner-only supplements. So if you're going to a chemist, um, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the iron that's in, for example, Multifol. Um, it's oh, general, yeah. But the ferrograd C is ferrous sulfate, so not incredibly well absorbed. Um, you need a higher amount of that form of iron. Yes, it causes constipation in a lot of people or the black poos. Um, <laughs> I, most practitioner-only products um, – um, we'll usually use iron bisglycinate. So much lower dose, much better absorbed and very gentle on the stomach. So if you're cheap, if, so if you are at your GP and your iron is low and you've been recommended supplementation, see if you can get one with iron bisglycinate in it. Bisglycinate. B-I-S. G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E. You may not get it at the chemist. It may be something you have to see a um, a nutritionist for. But yeah, if you've had if you've had iron constipation, this this is the one for you. But yeah, that they might two things. So 
There are lots of supplements you can take to help you with burnout and they're very, they can be really effective in terms of what you can do right now. Go get that vitamin C rich fruit and know your iron status. Because yeah. if you don't, you'll just be stuck in that burnout loop, you know, for God knows how long, um, which, yeah, we don't want that for you. But anyway, yeah. I so feel much better. <laughs> you feel better? You feel better? So I, I think I, I think when we're talking about um, burnout loop, so I think what we're saying, but I, I, I want to challenge you on that because there's not one thing that, you know, it's not – I've got low iron, therefore I'm burnt yeah. out. Or I'm a perfectionist, therefore I'm burnt out. Or I'm under a deadline at work, therefore I'm burnt out. Like everything, it's it, it, it's like I feel like sometimes it almost can be the perfect storm, kind of. It's just things yeah. build, you know, and I would be interested to see if they did um, any studies of what happened with people during lockdown in regards to burnout. Um, I'd be curious to know what happened when a lot of people suddenly went from working in a physical office to working from home and potentially working from home with other pressures going, you know, kids kids are at home being homeschooled as well. All of the, all sorts of things um, coming in. I'd be curious to know what happened there as well in regards to that. Um, everyone's about to hear a big crash and bang. Yes. So... Dear listeners, we just talked about working from home. Um, I'm currently recording and that's my big cat Malibu and he has pulled a stone out of the pot plant to play with. So um, Kate's going to continue talking about some more nutrients and I'm going to take the stone off him. Okay? <laughs> continue, Kate. That's right. No, what in, um, in, in speaking to what you said, Chloe, about it's not one factor. No, absolutely not. And just getting your iron up is not suddenly going to get you out of burnout, but I'm really mindful that when you are stressed, that those nutrients, that magnesium, the iron and the zinc, that can get depleted by stress, can make it harder for you to feel more energetic, to feel more calm, to feel less depleted um, while you're in that stress cycle, while you're in that burnout. Um, mm. in, in those feelings of burnout. So yes, it's not one factor, but just lining up your like ducks in a row, mm. like ticking all boxes, can make mm. can make recovery less daunting because you're not doing massive things. You're doing lots of little things, which I think can be more achievable. Um, yeah. And on that, I like, love that, Kate. Yeah. What can we do with exercise? Yeah. So um, it, it's just I. I've been, I found this topic, it's really interesting for me that particularly having personally experienced burnout, um, as I said, round about three times um, in, the, in the past 10 years, yeah. uh, that I haven't, it's funny, I haven't actually looked into it too much. I've kind of written it out, got some help here and there and then just forgotten about it, Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, so for me, it's been a, a fascinating look through, well, what does the research actually tell us? Like, what is the research on burnout? And we're consistently seeing uh, and, and burnout and particularly exercise, right? So yeah. there's been, there are quite a few studies, but 
lo and behold, they're pretty low quality, funny that. And we have spoken about before how um, exercise studies tend to be low quality anyway because people know they're either exercising or not. Yeah, that's exactly. Do you know what I mean? And they're also, with things like this, they're self-reporting. So a lot of this they're using, um, they might use like a, a diary or, so you know, to sort of rate how they're feeling and so on throughout throughout the studies. So, um, you know, anecdotally, I always, I, I always find that exercise for me, exercise, movement is medicine for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it is the absolute best best possible thing I can do if I'm feeling stressed or anxious or anything basically Mm -hmm. um some sort of exercise and that might be a gentle stroll or that might be me going for a run or that might be me funnily enough doing some Pilates shout out to all the Pilates lovers out there um so there was a couple of studies I enjoyed this one this was it, it was not a big study Um, There were 49 participants. It was called Reducing Workplace Burnout, the Relative Benefits of Cardiovascular Resistance Exercise, Brett Lynette L, 2015. So, you know, earlier on in the podcast when I went yada yada, this is the full, (laughs) there is no yada yada in that. That is the full name of the paper. Um, So, these were 49 participants previously inactive um, who said that they were feeling burnt out um, and they completed a four-week exercise program And that program was either cardio, resistance, or no exercise. So there was a cardio group, a resistance group, or no exercise group, okay? I like cardio and resistance separate. That's interesting. Yeah. And, um, again, we have to take this with a grain of salt. Yes, great, it's a controlled randomised trial. Um, It's also just 49 people in one workplace. So, you know, it's one study. But... Um, after four weeks of exercise, participants um, reported that they had greater positive well-being and personal accomplishment and um, less psychological distress, perceived stress and emotional exhaustion. Oh, lovely. Right? Tick, tick, boom, yeah? How great is that? Cardiovas- this, this I found interesting and I know you've seen this study as well, Kate. Cardiovascular yeah. exercise was found to increase well-being and decrease psychological distress, perceived stress, and emotional exhaustion. Mm. Resistance training was noticeably effective in increasing well-being and personal accomplishment and to reduce perceived stress. Isn't that interesting? So the, the resistance increased personal accomplishment. So lifting I get, weights. I, I get that because you know what? You feel badass when you do it, right? When I when I feel physically stronger, I feel mentally stronger. Yeah, I mean, I every time I pick up something heavy, I go fuck yeah. To yes. to be really honest, like it's like it does, yeah. So I, I like I get that it feels good, right? It yeah. feels good. Um, but yeah, but cardio cardio had a really great effect on them as well. Um, and when you looked at what exercise were they doing, you know, what does cardio mean? Well, they're getting to do whatever they wanted to do. So there was like, there was running or swimming or cycling or walking um, and so on. So the present findings revealed large effect size suggesting that exercise may be an effective treatment for burnout. However, the limitations given a small sample size, further research needs to be conducted. So, okay, so I was like, okay, well, there's a randomised control trial. Let's look and see if there's something bigger. 
is there a systematic review or meta-analysis? And there is, and I referenced this earlier in um, the episode, but this one was the efficacy of exercise therapy in persons with burnout, a systematic review and meta-analysis, and this is from 2018. So nice and recent. Um, and interestingly, this includes the Bretland study that we just spoke about. Uh-huh. So there you go. They've obviously included that, that came into their inclusion criteria. Um, these, this was the crew that talked about cognitive behavioural therapy and mindfulness therapy um, mm-hmm. having been shown to be effective in reducing perceived stress and burnout. And they basically said that cognitive behavioural therapy may have long-term effect um, – I'm just jumping in. I'm jumping too far into that. Give me one sec. So first of all, first of all, let's go back to the exercise. So due to a lack, their conclusion was basically due to a lack of high quality studies. And you'll see this with a lot, like this this conclusion comes in a lot when they are doing a meta-analysis of exercise trials. But due to a lack of high quality studies, the current meta-analysis does not support the widespread assumption that exercise therapy is a successful means to alleviate alleviate burnout symptoms interesting huh the conducted meta-analysis summarizes the effects and reveals that there is no clear evidence for the efficacy of exercise therapy in persons with burnout however 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 a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy mindfulness-based therapy and exercise therapy might also help to increase adherence to a physical activity. Uh, So in summary, the meta-analysis clearly shows that there's a lack of high-quality studies, thus revealing a huge research gap. The authors wrote, this is astonishing because the interrelationship of effects between physical therapy and burnout is frequently mentioned in studies. So hmm, what can we take from this? Exercise may help. And exercise may help for reasons other than just specifically the burnout, right? Yeah. Because we know that exercise helps with mood. There's been so, there's been, you know, so many studies on that. Okay. We know that exercise helps with giving a sense of self efficacy, uh, a sense of, you know, autonomy in your body, uh, achievement, um, all of those things. Can we directly go exercise helps burnout syndrome? Well, I mean, if we're going off, you know, a big study like that, we can't. Does that is that so? So we can't give a definitive. We can go, yeah, exercise. We know exercise is good for so many things. So we should be encouraging everyone to move and to move within what feels achievable for them. And yeah you know, not putting pressure on them that it needs to be this amount. And I think we touched on this in our PMS episode, Kate, with, with yeah. that study where it was like, what, how much exercise do you need to help um, potentially mitigate some of your PMS mm. symptoms? And it was only like about 30 minutes, wasn't it? It could be as little as 30. That's it. And I think with burnout, when there's these feelings of like failure and hopelessness and that you just don't have enough time in the day that you're struggling anyway, Mm. telling someone to, um, oh, just go and exercise for like an hour is going to be the last thing that perhaps they feel like doing. Mm. That just feels like a small thing on the endless to-do list, which Mm. they're not 
happening anyway. And hey, it's the same with people when I work with people with back pain or we work with people who had, you know, chronic back pain it's, and they kind of feel like they're being told, well, I've got to do this set amount of exercise and if then if I don't, if I somehow miss that hour or that designated time, well, then I'm a failure, I've missed my exercise, exercise isn't going to happen now, etc. Whereas really yeah. we can be encouraging exercise snacks and we absolutely know that um, the benefits of exercise are accumulative and they accumulate yeah. throughout the day. So if you can't do your designated hour of Pilates or your designated hour of swimming or whatever, mm. but you can jump up from your desk and do five minutes of squats or you can take a walk around the block during your mm. lunch break, right? Or you can go and do – I know when I was working in the corporate world, I used to go do stairs. There was a few of us that would do stairs at lunchtime, meaning we'd go into the stairwell. It wasn't very beautiful. And we'd climb <laughs> stairs. And then we'd have little competitions and be like, well, how many stairs can we get up to? And that was – that built camaraderie because we were doing it together. And yeah. it was fun and it was a good snack and it certainly – you know, got the heart rate up, woke us up, all of those sorts of things. So, Kate, yeah. I'd be interested that I feel like perhaps the last point we could talk on, which we haven't really, and I know you've got some interesting information on this, is mindfulness and meditation. So I looked into this a bit last year with, um, you know, just with all the demands of lockdown and feeling burnt out. And, and I know that, like, you get changes, your brain changes with burnout. And it's like, well, if my brain is changing, like, what can I possibly do about that? Mm. But that's the beautiful thing of neuroplasticity, the fact that your brain can repair itself and find different ways to do things. Mm. Um, and the research with burnout and meditation or mindfulness practices, and these studies were mainly done in a corporate setting or a hospital setting, actually, with nurses, um, was that regular meditation um, or mindfulness can help restore your prefrontal cortex. So that's the part of your brain which thins and doesn't communicate as well with other parts of your brain. But um, regular meditation um, or mindfulness practice can actually help thicken that prefrontal cortex back up. Um, so I think some of the studies I looked at looked at sort of the equivalent of um, like 20 minutes a day or that that um, amount of minutes over a week done in, in larger chunks. My advice to anyone is, again, you know, that whole thing of, oh, my God, 20 minutes, where am I going to find 20 minutes a day? Start with five. Start with five. We all have those apps. There's all those lovely meditation apps out there. Um, start with five minutes. But get your brain offline. Mm. Like get get your brain offline. Don't, you know, no mindful scrolling. <laughs> Can you meditate and scroll Insta at the same time? <laughs> Asking for a um, friend. <laughs> I, I probably try. I probably try. Uh, I put my hand up as the legit worst meditator ever. We actually had, um, I remember for a little, I can't remember why they brought, why, maybe it was something to do with P. I remember in high school we had a few different sort of things we could try out and there was Tai Chi and then they all, which I actually really loved Tai Chi. And then they mm -hmm. also brought in, maybe they were trying to calm us all down a bit because then they also brought in <laughs> uh, a meditation teacher 
nice. And oh, I was just remember being shocking at it. But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I did a bit as well with um, a um, psychologist who did hypnotherapy. Yeah. But in a similar way to meditation, as far as I can remember, it was a lot of, mm-hmm. was a lot of counting back and walking deeper in and, oh, I'm getting really calm now. There you go. Interesting. It worked. Oh, maybe I'm not as bad as I thought. But, but yeah, it's really fascinating. I think it's fascinating to explore and definitely something that takes some practice, right? It does. And my, my top tip to mums, again, because I see quite a few mums who, and, and some of them are burnt out, um, when they say, oh, I just, I just couldn't possibly find the time to do meditation, like do it with your kids. Oh, cute. Like, you know, like pick, pick one of those um, kid-friendly meditations and like everyone down on the floor, 10 minutes for meditating, inflict it on your children to fit it into your day um, and everyone will be calmer. And it makes that burnout recovery just a little bit easier. But yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, oh my I goodness, love that. I love that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Like, yeah. wow, what a great, what a great chat, Kate. I've um, thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm so fascinated by the topic. In fact, so much. I'm going to continue to look into it and research it more. Um, I kind of feel like I've just scratched scratched the surface. Um, so just to recap for for our awesome listeners, um, that yeah, you're not alone. Uh, just under, I mean, it's a huge. Uh, so many people experience burnout. Uh, you're not. You're definitely not alone. Just under half um, of all Australians will ex- it will experience burnout in the workplace, which is just huge, right? So know that you're not alone. Know that you can ask for help. Know that there are ways that you can help support yourself whilst whilst being um, burnt out uh, mm-hmm. with things as Kate mentioned um, nutritionally vitamin c uh getting your iron checked magnesium keeping it simple being kind to yourself um going and asking for help whether that be from your workplace or whether that be from a a doctor um, and potentially asking for something like some help with some cognitive behavioral therapy and so on might might help um exploring mindfulness and mm. meditation um doing some exercise that you enjoy doing mm. um, and knowing that you don't have to do all the things yes 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 and that you're no. okay and that doesn't make you a failure and if i could give one main bit of advice to myself um, with the times that I've experienced it it would be for me not to just keep cracking on and pushing through and ignoring it it would be for me to recognize it sooner um, Mm. and to ask for help sooner and just be really just uh, it's again we don't need to whisper about being burnt out. We don't need to whisper about having our periods. We don't need to whisper about these things. No. Speak up. Speak up to your employer. Um, let them know how you're feeling and ask for support. Mm, absolutely. Anything oh you want to add, Kate? 
No, not really. I mean, the advice, the advice that I wished I'd had a little bit earlier last year <laughs> during, um, during that hard lockdown for me was um, lower, lower my expectations of myself mm. and simplify, simplify anything in my life that I can. Mm. I um, love that. So that was that that for me was absolutely crucial to me getting out of that period where I just thought, far out, this is gonna go really pear shaped really quickly. Um Are you a perfectionist? Just curious. Oh yeah, hello. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I would have thought. (laughs) I I had that t shirt years ago and actually funny enough. I decided I needed a mantra as I sort of got myself out of that eating disorder. I decided I needed a mantra to let go of my perfectionistic atten- uh, like tendencies. Yeah. So my mantra for about four years was soften, um, ah. soften. And but in the first year it was like a white knuckle grip, soften, soften. soften. No. <laughs> now, now, you know, twenty years later, it's soften. But I still use that as my magic. Yes, absolutely. Right. Got the T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, got the T-shirt. <sighs> well, I just want to say to everyone, you're doing freaking awesome. If you're listening to this and you're feeling burnt out, um, you're not alone. We see the awesome, you know, everything. You, you are awesome. You are inherently awesome. You are enough. And, yeah, you're doing good. That's it. That's it. Yep. Keep up. Okay. Okay. Well, great chat. And um, we look forward to talking with you all again soon. Bye.